Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show. And this episode is the winner of our Patreon vote every month on patreon.com slash TV. Our patrons will vote between four movies and we'll do the winner the following month. And this is the winner of The Silence of the Lambs. Um, all the four options were all films from our, our top 50 of the 90s that we hadn't done yet. There was like four of the highest ranking and yeah. Lambs is the one that that pulled through. So just barely, might I add, it was a very close vote. There's probably one of the most even votes. I mean, we've had very even votes between like, two of the options, where it's been like almost 50-50. This was very even across all four. Hmm. Can you remember what the other contenders were? Uh, Truman Show, Eyes Wide Shut, and Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Very, very even. Uh, but we'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers in the middle. And we'll get into it. So, this is of course the the thriller that won the the big five at the Academy Awards, uh, meaning best director, best actor, best actress, best script, and best picture. The big five, which not a lot of films have done, at least not recently, certainly. It's been a while. It has been a while, um, which is kind of a good thing in a weird way. I feel like sometimes they settle in and just pick the same film for every category because <laughs> like that one. Yeah, I feel like it's been a. Uh, I f- it's especially the uh, the director and film, the, the, those you know, best picture. Those which, two used to kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, which is funny because I feel like out of any of the awards, those are the ones that should always line up. <laughs> in theory, in yeah, theory, but yeah. I like that they're they're splitting it up a bit. Maybe you know, maybe maybe that is the best direction, but maybe overall this film's better, right? Yeah, I think it's happening too much though. I feel like typically best direction should lead to best film. But there are maybe some cases, some years where no, this film has so many good other elements that it kind of lifts it up above the best directed film. But yeah. it, it should be reasonably often that it's the best director as well. But regardless, obviously this is the, the Hannibal Lecter movie. This is Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Buffalo Bill, played by Ted Levine. And my cat has been a pest and kind of sitting in front of the monitor. Because cats are off. So he's getting shifted over there because he's been a pest. Right. Right out of the window. No. Shut up. Shut Let's up. Try. Uh but yeah, so obviously it's a classic. We don't really have to tell you that this is good. I feel like that's kinda of pointless at the <laughs> with this one it's kinda of pointless. It's like you know Silence of the Lambs is, is a is a well regarded film. as you just said, won the big five. Yeah. Not that winning Oscars is necessarily always a sign of a of a great movie. It's not, but it, it's usually a sign it's well regarded. It is. But so many winners are forgotten. That's well, true. This is this this one is one that did not get forgotten. Now this is one that is is stayed in pop culture and has been relevant. Um, there's been many more Hannibal Lecter, you know, adaptations and sequels and spin-offs and all sorts, uh, to varying degrees of success. Um, although none of them is good, I don't think. I I would say. Um, in fact, my two favorite Hannibal Lecter, uh, you know, products, if you will. Or this in Manhunter, and Manhunter came first. <laughs> so, um, nothing's ever lived up to these for me since. Fair enough. Um, I, I I would include the first season or two, um, maybe season two of Hannibal, the TV show, alongside this for me. It was okay. I thought it was overrated, but it's okay. Yeah, fair enough. But also just the book. It's kind of up there. But the which book? This one, Sands of the Lambs. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, sorry, I thought we were specifically talking about this. No, I just uh, it just feels weird. Yeah. I'm not really talking about the well, the books measure up well, to the films. 
No, I mean, I've, I've, I've read the book of this one, and I, I think that's pretty damn excellent, too. Cool. I mean, I'd assume it was, because the movie ended up being pretty good. We're talking about favourite Hannibal media. I was ta- included in that. I was just talking about the vision, the, you know, the movies and TV, the, the, the stuff that's came since. The book was before this, <laughs> presumably. Oh, yeah, but so was Manhunter, as that's you said. The... Well, yeah, but I mentioned Manhunter because Manhunter's bloody good. In fact, I've already started this off with a bold statement. I like Manhunter more than Silence of the Lambs. You can fight me, people. <laughs> you can fight me. Now, this does not mean that I in any way do not think Silence of the Lambs is fantastic, because it is fantastic. Do not read me incorrectly here. I just love Manhunter <laughs> as well. A little bit more, in fact. Uh, it's slick, the H style, Michael Mann, the synth. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh... But not to, not to discount this one, because the direction in this is immaculate. Um, I'd forgotten how well-directed it was. Right from the start of this film, there's just little things that are telling you parts of the story. And this is something that I feel that so many modern movies don't do, is they don't use the visuals to tell parts of the story. One of the first shots in this movie, after the, or actually not even after, during the opening titles, because the titles are playing as, as Jodie Foster's running uh, yeah. up to the, up to the uh, you know, Quantico, uh, which I only know it's called Quantico now because Quantico became such a thing. I'm thanking Stream Queen specifically uh, for constantly bringing up Quantico. It's true. It's worth knowing though. She's full information. Yeah, that that, and I think uh, I don't know if it was ever mentioned in Mindhunter, but I feel like I, I feel like my understanding of the FBI has has been has been catapulted somewhat by Mindhunter, particularly in the genre of this movie's story. That probably helped. Not not really consciously. But it's probably just in there. Yeah, like watching this, I, I was actually thinking at the start. Oh, that you know, Mindhunter, you know, when it was set, was only twenty years before this. You know, this is yeah. you know the, the dawn of the the serial killer, and because she wants to get into criminal behavior and psychology, and like, oh, the dawn of that was just twenty years ago in terms of you know how we think about it. So pretty recent, really, when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, um, I mean, hell, it's closer to the dawn of it than it is now from this movie. This this movie's now older than the gap was from this movie to Shit, when, when yeah. that happened, so um, puts things in perspective. But uh, which, by the way, that's one of the things that makes you feel really old when you realise it's been longer since two thousand since uh, since it was from I don't know Back to the Future to two thousand, right? Just as an example, sure. It's actually longer now since two. You know, we're we're, we're past. I don't know. We're getting old. Is do, what do, do, do you want to know a really crazy one of those facts? Oh, go on. Um, you know, Cleopatra, you know, ancient Egypt. Yes. <laughs> Cleopatra is no, closer to us than than she was to the great to the to the building of the pyramids. That's how old the pyramids are. Okay. I was about to say, if you're going to try and tell me that something's closer to us than Cleopatra, I'm going to tell you to shove off. <laughs> 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 I was like, where are you going with this? That doesn't make me feel that old because it's all ancient. It's fine, but oh, no, no, but just it's, it's one of those crazy facts of like, man, those pyramids are really bloody old. Yeah, um, and ancient Egypt lasted a long ass time. Oh, it's the same with same with even just dinosaurs. Like you know, you, dinosaurs were around for a long time. Well, yeah, a but long, I can comprehend Egypt more than I can dinosaurs. Well, this is true. Yeah, well, well Egypt left. You know, buildings and pyramids to look at. <laughs> Dinosaurs, yeah, not so much. Bones, but... <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So anyway, the, but yeah, that's just right to my head. But what, what I was getting, the point I was getting at, the visual shot, is she gets into an elevator, 
and she's surrounded by men and they're all like two foot tall than her she's like tiny in the frame and right away you get one of the themes of this movie is that she's a woman in a man's world and that she's so much smaller and she's an underdog right right away that shot tells you that without a single word spoken you yeah. get the themes of this movie and i feel like it's, it's just that that type of concise visual storytelling that tells us so much information um the famous one you always go back to when you're making fun of star wars is if you go back to the original star wars the opening shot of a new hope tells you the themes of the film without saying anything and then you go to the prequels or you go to the new ones and like there's just so much exposition and like talking and stuff to like set things up you know the opening shot sure. you, you remember the opening shot of the first star wars i right? do yes yeah, yeah the, the, the big ship coming over the little one yeah the little one right so it tells you right now okay little rebels on the run big imperial they're in charge yeah, yeah no i i agree you get it immediately same thing here you get immediately the world she's in and why she's an underdog um, and then Scott Glenn shows up, which is weird because I'm so used to him being old and having facial yeah. hair. And I'm like, damn, was he ever young though? I mean, he's much younger in this, but he's still not young. No, no, he's not. He's 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 still what, like fifty in this, pushing fifty. It's hard to picture him in his twenties. It is, it is. He, he just looks like a different guy, probably. I assume in his twenties, but yeah, probably. Uh, but you know, he's he's got this idea. You do this criminal behavior stuff, and he sends her off to Hannibal Lecter because um, there might be some information we can gather about Buffalo Bill. Not that he tells her all this immediately necessarily. Yeah, but... no, he's like, no, no, it's just routine. We just gotta do this stuff. Yeah, because as he puts it later, if I sent you in there with a clear agenda, he would have smelled it out, and he would have, you know, turned it on you, and you know, hung you out to dry. Yeah. Whereas you get in there not knowing led naturally to some information and, you know, that yada yada. Um, but, yeah, it's funny, actually, watching this again now, um, and it's been a long time since I've watched it, I think. I mean, I've seen it a few times, obviously, but it's been a while. And I, I think I forgot how how much the, the, the how, how much the sexism of the job she's in and the fact that she's a woman doing this plays such a big role in the movie, almost to a point where it actually feels like a bigger a bigger deal than the actual Buffalo Bill case to an extent. Does, yeah. Because the Buffalo Bill case, it's there for the for the threat and what's going on, but we go entire portions of that of the film without even thinking about it because we're dealing with Hannibal Lecter, we're dealing with going to talk to him, we're dealing with... And of course, the, the, the famous uh, disgusting scene where she goes to visit him and the, the, the other cellmate throws semen at her. Um, again, the idea that she, she's somewhere that's dangerous, it's hostile territory and she's having to really like fight through to like, you know stake a claim and prove a point even just yeah when she goes down to to meet hannibal before she she uh leaves uh the, you know the the, the doctor uh he, he's like hey oh yeah crawford was smart sending you oh yeah yeah pretty young lady yeah immediately right. you know he, he's not even blunt about it oh even before that he tries to like say hey you're going to be here overnight you know town can be quite charming if you've got the right guide yeah and yeah. she shoots him down you know she's hit on she, she she's talked to you, differently you you do. You have a guy later who, in the middle of the case, starts hitting on her, and she's like, "Are you hitting on me now?" Like, like in the middle of the, the investigation. Yeah. Uh, to, I mean, to be fair to that one, that one felt a bit more genuine, and she felt a bit more receptive to it because she seems to know this guy. This seems to be someone she's actually comfortable with. Um, yeah. From yeah. Before. But, I, but more just the idea of that's how common it is. Oh sure, yeah. Because it's that just, it's ever prevalent. Because that one stood out to me because it wasn't met with the same apprehension. It wasn't met with the same uncomfort. She smiled and said, "Are you flirting with me?" And he's like, "Yeah." yeah. But she seems to know who these two are. She's she, she's familiar with these guys. These these are friends that she knows from the academy or or wherever. Um, 
whereas so many other pointers in this film, she's treated differently. And I'd actually forgotten about a moment because when they go to like investigate one of the bodies, which happens to be in her home state, not her hometown specifically, but her home state of West Virginia, she goes there with them to check in the body. And there's a moment where Crawford's like, "Oh, we should talk, speak in private to the, the the local sheriff or whatever." And they go in a room and leave her standing outside, surrounded by just uniformed cops, and she's on her own. And I remember, I remember that scene very vividly. It's a very, you know, prominent little moment where it feels very like, no, she's not, shouldn't be in there because we're talking about sexual crimes, and she, she won't be able to handle it because she's, she's a little woman. Right, we can't do that. But the scene that I'd forgotten about is afterwards when they're on the way back, and he's like, "Hey, that really bothered you, right? Me, me, like leaving you outside." Like he recognised that, and she says. Yeah, it matters. Like you know, all the younger cops see how you treat me. It matters, and I'm like, ah, oh, I, for- I forgot it made that point that she actually just yeah, and, points and out. He, he apologizes. Yeah, but I, I'd forget. Like, okay, I, f- I get it. I won't do it again. I'd, I'd forgotten that she specifically pointed out why it was a big deal, but beyond just the the all, all, almost just the the embarrassment of being shunned out of the conversation. Like beyond that, just the, the knock on effect of it. And I'd forgotten that it yeah, actually brought I, I that up. I think it's it's also intentionally when he mentioned all oh, because of the nature of the conversation, and mm. um, is why she's being left out. Because if he didn't say anything, and and just said okay, no, we should speak in private, your assumption would be okay. She's a trainee, right? She's young. She's not privy to all the information, maybe. But instead, he he makes the point of saying no. It's it's too delicate. Let's let's go a, a, a separate for it. And obviously, they all hear this. Yeah. Um, so that, this is a big running theme. And of course, Hannibal uses this as well. You know, as soon as she comes down to see him, he mentions her perfume, your cheap white trash, all, all these things. Um, and he gets very racy at one point when he's like, oh, do you think Crawford thinks about you sexually? Do you think he, th- he imagines doing things to you? And he says, you know, is that why he's giving you this opportunity? Because he's attracted to you. And keeps bringing up and pushing her buttons. Although with Lecter, of course, you get the impression that he's intentionally doing that to try and get a reaction. Like, you know. Yeah, he he doesn't feel like he cares himself. It's more yeah. just he knows that's what will that's what will get the reaction. Yeah, he's provoking her uh, in the scene, which obviously leads us to talking about Anthony Hopkins, who he's fantastic in this movie. But I always forget why he's fantastic. I always forget the little moments that make it perfect. You forget. I think you forget the stare. It's the stare, and then going back to the direction, the intense close-up in his face, which is there for a lot of his scenes, where it's right in his a face. Him, him just monologuing right into a camera. Yeah. And uh, just almost never blinking. My One of my favourite moments uh, of the first time she goes to see him is when he describes, oh, you're wearing Evian skin cream, and sometimes you're wearing... He names a perfume. I can't remember what it was. It's like, oh, yeah, he names perfume. And he's like, but not today. And it's the, it's the way he looks down and smiles as he says, but not today. Where he's, he's he knows us so well just from like this two minute meeting. It's 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 every obviously you know we talk about the the stare the 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 voice that you know the the, the performance he gives but it's you know where where he steps up to the glass to sniff the the holes mm. at the top. It's it's the whole motion of it. It's just it's something that you don't it doesn't stick in your mind usually you know you you have the moments in your head of course but the little things don't yeah and then the way he analyzes when she tries to say hey look at this question is oh you were doing so well you were being courteous you were responding well to me and you know he he, he analyzes her performance in the interview it's he gets so objective doesn't he yeah uh it's it's kind of gold but it but he he provokes that as well and of course the idea that the, the the villain is um 
I mean, as as Lecter points out, uh, do you know what? I'm just gonna give a spoiler warning. I feel like it's weird to dance around it with this one because it's Silence of the Lambs. If you haven't seen Silence You've of the Lambs, yeah. go, go watch Silence of the Lambs and come back. But he, like, as he points out, is that Buffalo Bill thinks he's transsexual, but he's not really. He just he thinks he is because he feels like he doesn't belong, and that's what he's pouring his energy into because it's 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 a it's a it's a vein to grab onto essentially. Yeah. Um. But you know, bringing that in and bringing the fact that he's hunting down, hunting down women specifically, um, and the idea of treating women, because uh, there's that scene where her mother, because because it, it turns out she's the, the woman he's kidnapped is the daughter of the the senator or whatever, mm. and the mother's on TV like you know saying oh Catherine this Catherine that and I say oh that's really smart she keeps using the name because you know it's harder to butcher someone when you think of them as a person, um. So the idea of these of these extremes, and it's funny watching this movie in a in a, in a post Me Too world, I, I think you do actually analyze these things a little bit differently and look about how 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 does the sexism that that Clarice is going through in her job, and then the actual attack and the extremism of this you know this this psychopath going after someone, like and how do those two kind of relate, and how how does one connect to the other in terms of society sexism leading to these views when an extremist takes it and you know runs with it in this way? Yeah, and I, I think it's worth pointing out here that, that the movie treats the the subject with with great respect. Hmm. Uh, I mean, at least I think so. Anyway, it it doesn't belittle anything. It's it's always it's used for a point. There, there's never there's certainly never any moment um where it feels it makes light of it or it makes it. I mean, I I think um, did this being like one of the most mainstream representations of of, of a transsexual, did that hurt the image of transsexuality in life? I think there's an argument to be made for that. I don't think anything in the movie itself disrespects it though and treats it with with anything. No, it's it's funny. It's it's um, it it remind it reminds me of another film we talk about actually, but um, I, I won't I won't go to that for, for spoilers here. But here it's it's again it makes a because it was uh, a twist, a yeah, I know. Point. You can't talk about yes, that movie yes. because it was a twist. You, you yes. know what I'm referring to. I know what you're referring to, yes. Um, but it makes a key point here of, of saying, no, 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 this person is not a trans. Oh, sure, yeah. This person is not that. It's not supposed to be representing that community. Oh, absolutely does. It absolutely, it absolutely does do that. But most people won't remember that scene. Most people remember, you know, no, I'd no, do me, would you do uh, me. Most people remember and, those things, and I'm not necessarily blaming the, the the movie for that necessarily. It's just kind of it's that thing where if you keep putting the same type of person in a, a specific role in a movie over and over again, um, and portraying always portraying them as crazy and always portraying portraying them as you know as dangerous, eventually that becomes the trope and that becomes what people think of them as, and that's kind of the no, issue. I, but I, I agree, but I think it's it's unfair to blame the film when it does go out of its way to to say no this is not that oh no it does and it's it's a it's a problem with just the well no but that's that's what the popularity of the film that, that's why I'm, I'm saying when you're saying it treats the subject with respect the film does i'm just saying outside yeah. the film there is an argument to say that there is kind of a weird knock-on effect regardless of how the film treated the material yeah um yeah. and that's yeah. that's just a cultural thing that's that's just the film's such a big thing that when you say transsexual to someone, there's some people who will think of Buffalo Bill before they think of anything else. But but it's it's worth knowing. It's worth bringing up that yeah. um, I, I guess what I'm saying here, like with any media, um, it's it's kind of like the same when we talk about old movies that that actually have sexist or racist or homophobic elements to it. It's okay to like old movies that have these things in them, but it's important to just have the context and perspective of noting that they're there, enjoying everything else, and then saying. 
not, not that you have to do that in this case, because again, the movie doesn't actually treat anything disrespectfully, but just have the awareness of, okay, here's the knock-on effect of it, and just understand that. So moving forward, you make different choices based on that. Um, yeah, yeah. And you, uh, have to, you have to consider things being a product of their time, for, yeah. for good or you know, good or bad, that's that's you can't change yeah. that now. I, I I guess what I'm saying is, is if you're making a movie like this now, I wouldn't make the villain like this. I would change it because times are different. Absolutely. Right. Um. But hey. So. But yeah, though no, he's Ted Levine's performance is good though. I mean, everyone quotes the it puts the lotion in the basket. Yeah. Everyone does yeah. that. Um. I'm pretty sure just about every man who's seen this movie next time he's in the shower tucks it between his legs just to see how it looks you've all I done mean, it you know you I, have i feel like you need a mirror to, to appreciate it properly and <laughs> I, I, I feel like you're getting it fogged up in the shower <laughs> so you're saying that those of us who really want to see what it looks like do it outside of the shower exactly you do it afterwards okay okay <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying you, you if you want to do it properly you, you know mm-hmm. go all out Okay, all right, uh, but you've all done it. You all know you have. Well, after you've watched this, like, oh, is it that easy to hide it? <laughs> um, but yeah, so so he's very memorable. Very funny. Yes, yeah, because length affects hiding it behind your legs like that. Well, don't deconstruct it. Just let it, it sit. If there if anything, it'd be on. longer would actually make it hold better because there's more That's to grab onto. Know, but look, if you deconstruct it. It makes it fall apart and it stops it being funny. It was funny. Accept it. Move on. Go. We had a really serious conversation about two minutes ago about the representation of transsexuals in film, and then it devolved into us making penis jokes at each other. That's that is the spectrum of which we operate. I, I, just... I think that sums up this show pretty accurately. But yes, <laughs> Ted Levine's pretty good in the movie. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Hopkins is fantastic, as as we mentioned. Uh, all these little touches. I want to go back to the direction, though. Another directing touch early on, again building things. After she's ditched the doctor, right? And you know she kind of uses the charm back at him because he's like, "Oh, you could have told me this in my office and saved me the trip." Like, oh, but then I wouldn't have had the pleasure of your company. She kind of th- almost throws the sexism back at yeah, him because that he, gets her but, out but, And he's like, mm, he knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah, um, and you know, then she goes in. But I like when she goes in. There's this just it's bathed in red light. There's like a, there's like a danger light almost, right? And yeah. she's just bathed in red before she goes into this hellhole, this you know Arkham Asylum basement of horrors. But she's just bathed in red, and I just I, I like that. I, I like that. Again, it's a visual touch. It's danger. Red means danger. It's as simple as it gets in terms of direction, but it works. Yeah. Um, and that that happens that happens throughout. And obviously, there's all the the the, uh, the big moments everyone remembers. The cop been strung up in the cage, you know, after Hannibal's mm. had his his breakout scene. Um, is is very. It's not violent often, but when it does get violent, it gets pretty violent. Yeah, I think one one of my favorite moments in terms of the violence is is um just after that scene when he, he mm. sits up in the ambulance and rips off the face mask, you know, of of the face that he cut off. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic moment. It's like, oh shit, that's that's dark as balls. I mean, honestly, if I if I'm going to be critical about any of that escape stuff, because it's all really well done. Um, also, one of the cops is really recognisable. I mean, the one who gets strung up is recognisable. He he was in a lot of small parts and other things, but there's a goofier cop, uh, who definitely popped up in small roles later on in other things, usually in comedies, yeah. I think. Uh, but he stuck out to me. But 
if I, if I want to make a critique at all about any of this, is that I don't know if I buy that they wouldn't tell that the person lying there that they'd taken an ambulance. Like that's not his real face. I I I have trouble accepting how well that 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 face mask sits on it to be convincing. I think I think it's just all the blood, yeah. right? Because it looks like he's just got slashes across his face. Mm. So it looks like he's just kind of falling off anyway. I guess, I guess. I mean, I've not actually encountered this in my life, so I can't really be completely sure of myself, but I feel like I would tell. I could tell. That's all I'm saying. You, and, you would think that. And I think a trained paramedic, <laughs> more so, <laughs> might, might notice as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I guess at this point, they're like, ah, just get him in. They're, they're, not, yeah. they're not like really focusing on it. They're just like, right, get it, get, get going. Yeah, if, and this is nit, I'm just nitpicking. I, I've seen the movie enough times that I'm, I'm just picking apart something that maybe doesn't work, and that's about it. Uh, don't, don't take this as serious criticism. Uh, I, I Obviously, there's uh, other great scenes. Are the scenes where they're, they're doing the autopsy on the body. Mm. Um, I particularly like the use of the camera, which kind of punctuates. It's almost like a, a, a rhythm section in the music, is the camera, is, it, is every time it clicks and you get the flash. And the whir. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw, actually. Which, funnily enough, if you didn't know this, this is this is really well known trivia. But just in case you don't, parts of Buffalo Bill, uh, or actually not even, Bu- I mean, yeah, yeah, parts of Buffalo Bill, as well as Hannibal wearing the face mask, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Psycho are all in part kind of loosely based on the same serial killer, Ed Gein. There's a connection yeah. between all those movies. Uh, so just the fact that I was comparing it to Texas Chainsaw, there made me go, "Oh, that's kind of funny," because there's actually, yeah, especially since the, the the whole camera being iconic in that movie, and then having this sound here, aren't anything to do with Ed Gein. They're just they happen to also have the same technique at one a point. Directional choice. Yeah, uh, but it, it's it's really well done, and of of course there's the whole thing where they they find the 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 moth cocoon and the and the throat and that 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 that, that signifies the transformation just like buffalo bill wants to go through um and he's building a, a female bodysuit which I, I i question what he's doing to keep the skin from from going i don't know bad i guess i mean i guess you'd treat it just like you would leather yeah i guess i guess what i'm saying is that by the time it's done though it's not going to feel its skin anymore right <laughs> it's going to be like leather as you say yeah no, probably. Well, which is fine when I'm, I'm watching Texas Chainsaw and it's Leatherface. I mean, he's Leatherface. But he's actually wanting to build a female suit, if you will. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, don't think about it too much. Just just let it be disgusting. <laughs> just let it be disgusting, sure. Sure. Uh, is that what you say before sex magic. every time? Just let it be disgusting. Don't Obviously. think about it. Just let it be disgusting. Yeah, don't, don't ruin the magic. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, so, so yeah. So, so the case is the case is okay. The case is kind of interesting in parts. Um, the 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 chasing them around. Um, there's a great fake out, of course, at the end where you think the FBI have got him because they've, they've tracked down where he lives on record, and they're in a completely different city. And it's actually Clarice who ends up chapping on the door because because you, you hear the door going off and he's down in his little basement and he gets up and he opens the door and it's Clarice. You're expecting the SWAT team and it's her. And she's there on her own, and it's kind of a nice thing because ultimately she has to defeat him on it. It's a it's a little bit um, movie plot, if you will, that she has to like do it herself. Honestly, I think this is one of my few problems with the movie is the way oh. this is set up, because I think it's almost a little contrived, a little easy. Where 
um she's on the phone they're in the plane and it's like and, and she's like oh, no i've got this information this is who this is who you're looking for mm. and they're like that's ah, fine we got the guy we're going there now don't worry about it just relax and it, it's almost like okay uh, the information that they've got this from was from i think the first visit with with, with hannibal so it, it kind of it, it has this moment where if that's true and they're, and they're going to the right place Mm-hmm. nothing that she's done since then has mattered and that just feels disingenuous so immediately it's like well it's not going to be that it, to me that's alarm bells so they, from the very first time i saw this movie um no i don't, I don't necessarily have a have a problem with that per se because it's just like the, 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 it took that long to check is it what, what they've done is they've they've checked the hospitals where he's, he's applied for a sex change and they've kind of tracked them down through that, but I just I just took that as it took time, and now it's ready. Like they they got that information. No, no, that's true. But but because that information was so early, it means that nothing else that has been learned since then has actually mattered. Nothing else has contributed to finding this guy. If that if if you go with they found the right person through this name through that check. I think I'd, I'd dispute that to a point in the sense that the movie's less about finding Buffalo Bill and more about Calusi's arc. So therefore, it's not a big that's, deal. That's fair, and and I'd say that that could be would probably be my second critique of the movie is that mm. at times the the threat of Buffalo Bill can feel like an afterthought. Oh, it does absolutely. I, I would actually say that as my biggest critique of the movie is that there's times, specifically when Hannibal gets moved city and he's in that cage and he has the meeting with the senator and then Kalish comes to see him. And he has the big escape. That is like a solid thirty-minute chunk in the movie where we don't even think. I mean, obviously they ask about him a couple of times, but we don't see him or think about him really for that thirty yeah. minutes. We we don't really care as an audience. It's it's Hannibal's movie at that point, and then when he you know gets his escape, all on the one scene at the end, Hannibal's gone. Like th- then it shifts yeah. back to Buffalo Bill. So it's got a bit of a weird structure in that sense. There's a bit of a yeah. weird structure there because of that. Because Hannibal really takes over for a good 30 minutes and then he disappears for it, the last like, 30, it 40. It almost hurts that Hopkins is so damn good because mm. it almost steals the show a bit and it, it takes away from from the other stuff because we're like, no, we, we want more of that. We want more Hannibal. Give us that. And it's like, fine, I suppose Buffalo Bill will do. Yeah. It's no, it's no surprise they, they tried for years and eventually got a sequel of some kind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. um, although not not having uh, Foster back kind of just made it null and void, to be honest, right away. It was yeah. like, nah, without without her, it just. I mean, Julianne Moore's a great actress, but like, it just doesn't feel like her. It's not the same, is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was such a distinct performance. But uh, no, I, I think that's a, that's that's just a fair critique to have. Is the, is the weird structure and how it kind of you forget about Buffalo Bill for a while and it could be like, and it's fine at the start of the movie because they're kind of building up to him. And you, you finally, and I like how every time it cuts to him doing something. Um, they've just kind of figured something out. They'll be looking for his next victim, and then it cuts to him getting his victim, and then when they figure out, oh, he's going through a transformation, or he's got a moth, it cuts to the moths and all these like butterfly collection and stuff, and then like it always neatly transitions to like him once we learn about something with our characters, and then we see more of them, and it kind of works that way. Uh, but like I say, there's a big chunk of the film where that kind of disappears. So if we're if we're critiquing it, that'd be probably my biggest one. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of and. I will say it's actually really good, but I will say the night vision segment feels very out of nowhere at the end. It does. I get it's 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 really well shot and directed. Yeah, it's and, good. And it's great. Her panicking and just you know swinging around hoping for the best, and 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 you know we know oh he's right behind her you know, yeah you you feel the 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 terror of it, but it does feel kind of strange. Is is that because? 
I, I like her being there on her own as much as it's very movie kind of uh you know just oh she happens to be the one who's going to be there to take him down even though she's the, the trainee who's not been as involved but it's a movie you accept that that's just kind of how the plot yeah. works but it works really well because ultimately she's not going to have the help of the others, right? She's going to be on her own. She has to prove herself by taking down Buffalo Bill by herself, right? Yeah. That makes sense. I like that part of it. I like that she realizes who he is just from like seeing the various evidence around, realizes he's not trustworthy, gets her gun ready. Um, and then, of course, it becomes a bit of a chase and he's, he's got his little dungeon and all that. And um, and the Night Vision thing is really well shot. It's really well done. Do, do you know what I think is, is done? I mean, what, what's so feels almost wrong about it it's the only time in the movie that we're inside his head like it's his point of view and we're never we're never with that for the rest of the movie we're with the you know we're with clarice or we're with the victim in in, in the pit we we see him every so often you know doing his thing you know doing his sewing machine but we're not inside his head in the same way that this here is literally his point of view and it's 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 weird to have the the big climax of the movie shift into that gear for that moment only but then i mean assuming you want to do this night vision thing how else do you shoot it you have to shoot it through the night vision goggles you, you have to of yeah. course yeah or it doesn't work which is what which is why i think it's as as good as it is it kind of feels out of place it's funny because i feel like this moment because she hears the click of the gun she turns around and shoots someone she wins right and yeah. that's how, how it ends it's funny because i feel like that it feels like a moment from another movie where that specifically pays off something she's been trying to overcome throughout the film. Like, let's say they set up early on that she was scared of the dark, or set up early on that she she was, like, she struggled with, like, aim or something, I don't know, but then this was the payoff, that she finally did it at the end. And yeah. arguably, this is less cheesy that there was no setup for that, and it's just, no, it's just the moment, and she, she handles herself appropriately, and it works, but uh, yeah. it felt like that moment from another movie but without the setup for it. <laughs> it does. I, see, I think for me, I might have treated it differently. I would have taken it, maybe taken away the night vision entirely and just stuck with her and just seen just her kind of fumbling around in the darkness, trying to see something, you know, and, and struggling and then hearing the sound and seeing her spin. Yeah. Cause then, you know, she shoots the, she shoots the window crashes, you know, the light comes pouring in and, you know, you, you can see again. I think maybe, maybe that's, more effective and being with her in the terror of of not knowing where he is and he could get her at any minute than with him seeing her flailing around and, and us knowing exactly how close he is yeah but as much as we're critiquing and saying maybe this is the way you should have done it it still works entirely like the entire does, thing yeah. is still suspenseful you feel the the gut wrench as he's coming towards her it really works it's just it does, thema- yeah. it's just thematically you step back and go, this is kind of weird that we do this at the end because it's out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. But it does work. I can't fault it. Um, so uh, that's 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 good stuff. I I yeah. I, I think um, I, I like that she knows that Hannibal won't come after her. I, as she puts it, he would consider it rude. Yeah. I, I, I like she got to know him too she understands him to some degree mm. yeah and and yeah you know, as she's saying there it's like no no he, he'd consider it rude it's like i get I, she gets it she's like she understands his rules yeah because he does have rules he has a he has some sort of code to himself yeah um he's very it's hard to gauge what he's going to do because he is such a wild card essentially 
in, in yeah. a very different kind of way because he is so violent, but he's so but, sophisticated. But it does feel like it always feels like it's not random. It's not crazy. It's if you if you can get in his head, you could predict exactly what he was going to do. It, it, it feels like it's it's thought out, methodical. It's not just doing things. It doesn't it's, feel random in that sense. It's not random. It's just hard to comprehend his line of thought. Yeah. Not impossible, but very difficult, difficult. and most people won't. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I mean, I think I think uh, if I'm going to not not critique per se, I, I think the, the the couple of little flashbacks we get to our childhood didn't overly feel those just just unnecessary. Yeah. I I, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with them, but it doesn't really serve anything. I don't think they enhance anything. Because, honestly, we get most of the important backstory when she's talking to Hannibal and he wants to know about it. Hearing it in those scenes is way more effective. And it works it very well. Seeing his reaction and, and her kind of being honest, almost for like for the first time, being honest about it and, t- and talking about it prob- yeah. pro- probably hasn't done it very often. If yeah. at all. If I, this, is, this is the movie I always bring up when I talk about I like not knowing what the title means until the movie like gets to that point. Because obviously you get to the point here where she's like, oh, I ran away from home after my dad died and because uh, I, I, was, I was staying at a ranch with these family members that I didn't really like and these lambs were screaming in the middle of the night and it was horrifying and I, I ran away. And he's like, "Oh, that's why you want to help her. You want to, you know, stop the screaming of the lambs." And I like, and I love, I love that he doesn't say the title. He says it close enough that you get what the title means, but not the exact yeah. phrase. And I don't even think this is the best example in terms of like the the the, the, the most effective use of this. But it's the it's the popular one that I can always bring up to explain what I mean. No, no, I think I think what I love is is the title is the victory. But mm. you know, like okay, she accomplished it, so. The Silence of the Lambs. That's it. It's done, right? Yeah. I, I, I do like that. No, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, so she's got her own personal stuff to get through, her own personal uh, baggage. So, so on top of just the general sexism she's kind of fighting and these extra hurdles she's got to go through because of that, she has her own motivations for what to do this. Uh, her relationship with her father, uh, her wanting to help. You know, to, I mean, even that story with the lamb, she tried to save the lamb. She tried to take it, you know, one with her. Yeah, she, she tried to. She opened the gate, and none of them would go. Yeah, um, she's try- And I guess you could also say that, that relates to her trying to make a difference and it being difficult. No one's kind of, you know, so you stand on your soapbox and say, "Hey, everyone, we should do this differently because this is awful," and no one really reacts and just wants to yeah. go about their business and be normal. And she's, you know, she's, she's de- determined to try and make it make a difference. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, um, that's it. It's a really good movie. I I th- I think it's 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 fantastic for a lot of reasons. It's fantastic performances from pretty much all the leads involved. It's fantastic direction. I think the story is pretty good, but not amazing. It's probably its weakest link. The weakest thing is the story, um, and it, it works well enough. It has some great moments, and it, it gives the story. It gives the characters what they need to have their have their arcs and their 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 uh, their own journeys if you will i don't want to say stories again but you know like their own their own um meaning and i think the plot is where maybe where it's this weakest element is um that's not to criticize the screenplay because obviously the story comes from the book and then the screenplay of course is what gives the actors the tools to give their performance so of course the dialogue is 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 exceptional the the dialogue is oh it's it's absolutely incredible it's It's, on point yeah 
the, the we we talk about the the acting and the direction being good, other than being great, and they are. But without that dialogue for them to deliver, yeah, it's, it's kind of nothing. Yeah, so it's kind of it's, it's it's one of these things where I feel like you had a solid story with really good characters, and you had good filmmakers, actors, and so on come along and turn it into a really really great film. That is what this yeah. is. And it, it, it kind of reminds me of a simpler time where obviously this is an adaptation of a book and these days everything's an adaptation of a book or a comic or a video game even. And that, that's like so much of what we actually get now. And I, I feel like back in these days, and I, get, I think it's even funny that this is the second Hannibal adaptation of some kind. Obviously it was a different book, but the fact that Hannibal Lecter popped up in a different story before, that got turned into a movie. And here's another movie and there was no that's connected to shared universe or anything like there was none of that yeah, thought. It, it was fine to do a different take yeah it was just no let's just take that book and make a great movie and that's what they did and uh, it, 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 my feelings on it you know the the lord of the rings tv show that's coming from amazon hmm. and uh there was a little bit ago there was that rumor that oh no peter jackson's evolved and we're going to connect to that and I, I was like no 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 don't i i love that trilogy right just do your own thing, and and this is you know you're saying you know, you you love Manhunter, but mm. you 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 love that this is just different, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a completely different tone, different style. Um, there is the classic debate about this being a horror film or not, and people who get very upset that they seem to only want to call it a thriller because the the Oscars and so on wouldn't accept a horror film. And it's funny because I actually, as much as I can see the argument for why you, you would call it a horror film, I personally wouldn't. No, I think it. It's it focuses as much as we say you know Buffalo Bill kind of takes a back seat. Mm. That investigation is the driving force still. Yeah, I, and obviously you do you do get some horror movies where there is a very strong investigative element, but typically if the investigation is the focus of the film, it's more of a thriller to me than a horror movie. And it's it's just about the focus. It's just about what they choose to be the main part of the film. Yeah, I think th- there are moments of horror, like you know, uh, uh, pretty much everything with with Buffalo Bill. And some of the scenes with with Hannibal. Yeah, with his escape. Not all of them, specifically. Yes, with yeah. his escape. But that's not enough for me to say this is a horror film. Yeah, I wouldn't. But I mean, this is very subjective. Your mileage may vary. Like for you, this. For, I mean, for you, hell. I mean, Seven might fall into horror cat. I mean, again, I wouldn't. I'd say this is also that's a thriller, like this one is. But yeah, I wonder if it depends on how much you have experience with horror. Like you know, maybe maybe if you don't have a, a massive experience with with horror movies, to, you you think okay, no, this is a horror movie. But if you've uh, watched maybe. a lot of them, you can, I, yeah. no, I feel like not. some people who argue this is a horror film, though, are people who are avid horror viewers who are like, no, this is a horror film. Really? Stop, st- stop calling it a thriller because you're ashamed of horror. I'm like, no, I love horror. <laughs> like horror is like one of yeah, my favorite it, genres. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't love it as much as you, but I'm you know quite happy throwing a horror film, no problem. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that, this, this just isn't one. This is not a prejudice against horror films. This is just me thinking this is something different, and that's I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I think it was a, a far more egregious error last year when, when uh, at, at the at the the Oscars they were calling Get Out a, th- a, thr- a psychological thriller. It's like no, 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 that one's a horror. Yes, social horror, as uh, Peel yes. put it, which I actually think is a very apt title or a subgenre, if you will, uh, yes. for for that, um, but. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's, it's not exactly a controversy, but it's it's something that always comes up with films like this and Seven and a couple of other ones, and I'm I always kind of like, nah, not really. I'm, I'm, I know, I know. When we do our lists, we we will 
we we don't do a horror list for this show um, because you do that on on screams after midnight. But if we did do a horror list, I don't think we'd say this was eligible. No, I mean Tim did do a horror. We did a top one hundred last year, and this was not eligible. Did you even have that question between you? Of like, no, I, I think Tim. It's just like no. No, Tim's in the same same mindset as as us with us. I think. Uh, yeah. As scary as it is to think of Tim being in the same mindset as you, because Tim's a, a crazy man. Yeah, that's not you. If your thoughts align up with Tim, <laughs> yeah, 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 scary times. So that's the true horror. Yes, yes, that's the true true horror of it all. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a really it's it's, a, it's one of the first movies I think of when I think of of nineties movies of when I think of thrillers. Um, when you think of the and it, when I when I say I like Manhunter more, I, I what I want obviously I think we should do an episode on that at some point, so I don't want to go into it too much, and I, I'd have to rewatch it to really sit down. But for for me, that movie is just about the style, like it's, it's just so it's like very it's a very colorful movie. I mentioned the, the, the when she's bathed in red light at one point. That that movie is like constantly bathed in colors, and it's got got synth. It's it's got the style to it. Uh, obviously, the main characters. Uh, What's his name from from the TV show? The main character in that. Oh, um, detective. Will. Will, yeah. Uh, Will, whatever his name is. He he like he's the main character. He's investigating the crimes of the of the killer. Uh, and of course, if you don't know, Manhunt Manhunter was eventually remade into Red Dragon. That's the same story. Um, which no one likes. Yeah, no one. Well, Brett Rand directed it. Says it. All. There you go. Uh, but like you know, it's it's like him doing his. He's Sherlock Holmes. Things. There's, there's great scenes in that movie where he just sits down in the crime scene and he just like thinks about it. And there's all the music's playing. It's just it, there's a there's a there's a mood to that film that I just really like. But it's very different than this. That that this is going for dark horrors of the world, whereas that movie goes for a bit more uh, almost dreamlike, like in the city we have to catch catch the killer kind of thing. Yeah. And and Hannibal, who funnily enough is played by Brian Cox in that movie who's a Scottish actor who has popped up in a bunch of stuff over the years. You'll know his face. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously Braveheart because, you know, Scottish, but he, he you know, he was in, he's in the Ring remake. He was in uh, the second X-Men movie, um, X-Men 2, and he was in, yeah. you know, he's been in a bunch of things uh, over the years. But he's one of those that, even if you don't know his name, Google him, you'll recognize him. He was in uh, one or two of the Bourne movies. You know, it pops up all the place. Yeah. But... Um, but yeah, so I actually like that a bit more. But that is that's purely a subjective style thing that that movie just clicks with me in a in a way. But uh, this one is fantastic, and just just for the record, because I I don't want to do an a, a, an episode on any of the movies that came after this. Um, I like Ridley Scott when he's good, and these days that's less often. But Hannibal, I think, is a boring ass movie. I hate that movie. <laughs> Fair enough. It's a boring ass movie, and I was terrified of season three of because uh, I wasn't even as big on Hannibal the show as most people were, but I was terrified of season three because it felt like it was doing the Hannibal movie, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna hate this. Yeah, I I love the first two seasons of that show. I like I, I like more than you, like on par with the people who really love that show. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm up there, and then I I didn't even finish season three. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the first half of season three especially was absolutely dire. It was, it was. Yeah, I, I didn't get past. I know people said the second half was better, but I didn't get past that. I mean, first it was half. better because it wasn't as garbage. But it, it, I mean, for me, for me, it was a lost cause at that point. So you know, uh, that's fair. But you know, I hate. I never saw Red Dragon. I had no interest in seeing a Brett Ratner 
prequel to Silence of the Lambs. Are you kidding me? Why, why would you? And I never saw Hannibal Rising, which just sounds like a schlocky B-movie attempt of doing like a horror movie with Hannibal in it. That, that sounds like any excuse to have another one. Yeah. And it's not even Anthony... I think Anthony Hopkins may have had like a cameo, like bookending or something like that. But, you know, it was some other young actor who's doing young Hannibal Lecter things. Yeah. I, I never saw it, but I can picture the, the cheap early 2000s horror poster in my head. That, that That's that, you know, yeah, that's the cover for the, the, the Blu-ray. It's funny, actually. I think it was late two thousands, but but it's got the, the style. Oh sure, yeah. Early I'm curious. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Hannibal. It's even that horrible title, Hannibal Rising. I mean, that... <laughs> I mean, at least with, at I, least I, with I, Red Dragon, I got the 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 point was oh we want to do Manhunter but with uh, Anthony Hopkins in it. Yeah, I get the the appeal of that, right? Um, but you know, no interest. It was two thousand seven Hannibal Rising, and it was two hours long. Are you kidding me? But the, but look at that poster. I'm, I'm I'm not sure if it's showing you where you're looking. Oh, now, yeah, I've seen the poster. Yeah, it's like 2002, 2003. Do you know what it looks like? Are, are you familiar with the poster for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake? Yeah, where it's all black and you just see like the sort of the goldy, yellowy sort of mask, yeah. a leather face coming in. It's that, but it's like Hannibal and his face mask. Which why does he have yeah, that? Right. Why does he have that before Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> or before Red Dragon even? <laughs> I mean, I guess they caught him at the end of the movie, I guess, but still. Because people like that look. It's yes. iconic. It is iconic. It is. It's an iconic look, um, but it's just a cheap cash-in, isn't it? Hey, Senator, love your shoes. That's a good line. What hmm? I'm quoting the movie we just watched. You shouldn't be this dumbfounded okay. by that moment. Okay. I wasn't. I'm just like, yeah, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't that impressed by it. Well, by, by, by you bringing it up here, it felt oh. irrelevant. I don't know. I just thought of it because it's the same movie as wearing that mask. It was, it was a good moment. Um, how exactly did Hannibal get the pen actually that he escapes with to use as a lockpick? Because he, he's strapped to a a trolley when the doctor comes in, and then later on we see him and he's just strapped with a mask on and a straitjacket. I don't know. How did he pick up that pen? It was lying in the bed. No, no, it's it's a mystery. Um, uh, fat, fat, very, very clever way of swiping it as they, as they wheel him past. Because the doctor made it sound like they were literally just going to wheel him out from there. Like, it's time to go. We're leaving right now. Uh, yeah, it's true. Because, um, of course, we didn't even mention that they make a kind of a bluff deal and then the doctor kind of proves that it's false and then makes his own deal because he wants to be famous and blah, 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 blah. He, he's yeah. wonderfully sleazy, by the way. He's got such a shit-eating grin. He does, yeah. Yeah, and of course, he, he enjoys so much when they when when they throw Clarice out, and he's like, "No, no, no, we've got a real deal." Yeah, and and then of course he's it's implied at the end that uh, you know the final line is, "I'm having an old friend for dinner," and he's yeah. following him into the crowd or whatever wherever he's hiding, because he knows Hannibal's on the loose, and he's 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 been awful enough to him that he knows he's coming for. Him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's coming. He's coming. You're doomed. Uh, but yeah, so, so no, um, I, I guess we'll wrap up, I, I guess, you know, I mean, it, this is why these ones where it's almost harder to talk about because it's such a, a well-known and regarded it's been film. Done to death. Yeah, yeah, everyone, I don't have to, we don't have to explain why it's good. Um, I, what, I, I think that's almost why we go harder to, to get some critiques, Yes, right? yes, it's like, yeah, all these films that, that are so well-regarded, they're not perfect, there are critiques to make about them, but that doesn't dispute the fact, or doesn't, uh, take away from the fact 
that they are so good and well remembered for a reason. There's all these other things that work that make it, them it memorable. Is, but we we almost spend less time talking about here's all the good things because everyone knows the good things. Yeah, yeah. Everyone spoke to those about those to death. So just try and come at it from a slightly different angle. And I, I think the reason why I would I, I like doing that specifically is because people, especially on the internet, people are so it's like everything's out of a ten or a one, right? And I feel like it's important to say that even the classics, even the best of the best, aren't perfect all the way through. There's things you can critique and take apart and say, hey, here's something that didn't work. It's important to know that things were fantastic despite a few flaws. Everything has flaws. All of them. Even the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer has some flaws. It has some truly shy episodes. <laughs> has, has a couple. Yeah, yeah. Has a couple. Um, but hey, that is uh, that, that is that sounds alarms. We should rate the film. What are you rating it, Connor? Um, I'm gonna give it an eight point five. I think it's it's excellent. You know, direction mm-hmm. acting as we spoke about, but I think the the pacing and Buffalo Bill feeling like an afterthought at times does does bring it down a touch. Actually, that was the exact score that I had decided on before we even started recording. I'd said eight point five to myself. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm going with eight point five. Uh, obviously it's great. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I just—it's not one of my favorites of all time. I guess is what I'm what I'm saying. Is <laughs> is really good, really damn great. It's it's very good. Obviously, it, it was good enough to appear, you know, relatively highly on on both of our nineties lists. I Absolutely, believe. yeah, that's great. So that is that. Sounds of the lambs, and we mentioned this was the winner of the Patreon vote. You can of course go over to Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV. You can sign up to be a patron at the five dollar tier. You get to vote once a month. Worth mentioning right now, because you get to vote for streams after midnight as well, because we're voting for October right now, there's actually three votes up for streams after midnight. There's a lot of voting going on, because it's October-thon, so there's uh, some exciting stuff going on there. Um, and then the theme for this month's vote for Influx is all of, uh, they're all biopics, uh, or biopics. Biopics? Biopics. Biopics. Is it biopics or biopics? I don't know. I always just say biopics. Because that sounds like you're talking about like like biology or something like that. Whereas biopics is like clearly it's biography I, I and feel picture. That's probably the linguistic root. Yes. But people just say biopics because it looks more like a word. True. True. But yeah, so there's four biopics up for 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 vote, so our patrons can vote on that. So make sure you go along if you're a patron and vote. And if you're thinking about it, do that too. And of course, you can support us for as little as a dollar. Uh, every every penny is important. Every penny is fantastic, and we appreciate it loads. Uh, so you can do that. You can also submit movies to the Vault, which is a to-do list of movies that our patrons get to submit to as well. So you can do that. The link to the the the, the list is public itself. You can click in the link in the description and see that. But if you want to submit films to it, you have to be a patron, so you can go look at that. Uh, but that is that is us. So thank you very much. Uh, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, you can get us on Twitter. I'm at wibble89. Connor's at connorryan94. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>